and welcome to Word Up, a series of podcasts hosted by Oxford University Press with Helen Prince and guests. So this morning, I'm really unbelievably excited because we've got none other than Jackson Ogunyemi, better known as Action Jackson. Action Jackson is a motivational speaker, author of Happy School 365 and Shut Up and Take Action. He is a lover of cheesecake, running and inspiring people. And I just think this is going to be the best kind of chat this morning, Jackson. Welcome to our podcast. Oh, it's a pleasure to be here. I'm so, so excited. I've been looking forward to this like a big child, like, like a big kid. <laughs> <laughs> me too. Me too. I was tweeting about it going, I'm going to be talking to Jackson. He just sounds the best. And when we did our little let's meet quickly before the podcast, like, you brought along a guitar. You had a guitar with you. Yes, 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 yes. It's available here. When We, we might have a sing song at some point today. Oh, do you know what? The world will love that. <laughs> that would be so cool. <laughs> So Jackson, tell us a little bit about you and in particular, what, what journey you've been on that's led you to be the UK Ambassador of Happiness? Yes. Um, so I was born in the UK, grew up in Nigeria, and um, I came to the UK for secondary education. And one of the things I had noticed along my life was I had a love for acting and, and performing. Mm. But there was always that little voice in my head that told me that I wasn't good enough. And I consistently compared myself to other people. So I automatically just abandoned that dream of trying to become an actor of some sort. But one day I heard a motivational speaker say, find something you love doing and build your life around doing that. I thought I'd love to tell everybody how to unlock their dreams and their goals. And and I've been doing that since. And journeying through self-doubts and dreams and doubts and dreams has brought me to a space where now I realize that my gift and my skill is really unlocking young people's confidence and educators, helping them to tap into their joy. Because when you unlock your beauty, Mm. you feel happier. Mm. So that's been me for the last 25 years of just really having fun being myself and discovering myself. This is just a journey of me discovering me and helping others to discover themselves. Yeah. Awesome. That little voice you talk about, do you know, I think we all have that little voice of doubt that's saying, no, you can't. What what do you think you're doing? Don't be ridiculous. Where does that come from? Why do we have that little voice niggling away at us? Well, so uh, so back in the day when I was growing up, we used to listen to the, uh, it used to be Foxy. I don't know if you remember Foxy from Capital FM. He would do the top 10. Yep, yep. It would do the top 10. Now, we couldn't afford to actually buy the singles because you had to go and buy the singles. But what you could cheekily do is to get a cassette tape. Yes. And and record it. Yes. And you You press the two buttons at the same time, play and record. (laughs) very good that's it you know? <laughs> and when you got to the commercials you press pause and you just did that until you grabbed all the songs that you wanted yeah. and how annoying was it when the dj talked over the beginning exactly it's like, oh, oh. Don't chat. just shut up <laughs> um uh, and, and that's it and then and then you would play it for the whole week and you felt good listening to it um our brain has exactly the same function only there's no pause button it's just constantly recording hmm. And you've been recording since you were one. You recorded the good, the bad, the ugly. You recorded grandma saying something, mom saying something, your friend saying something. You recorded everything. And you recorded the good, the bad, and the ugly. But the brain is built in such a way whereby it will 
remember the fearful stuff and the mm. ugly stuff more than the good stuff. So this is why I really believe every child on the planet should study neuroscience before they learn how to even read or write. <laughs> wow. Because when you understand how your brain works, you know that, oh, yeah. that thought's not my thought. It was just recorded. So this is how I delete that or re-record. And here's what's so great, Helen. If you wanted to record a new song, you could record a new song over the old song. Oh, that's a great image. That's really helpful to get a, get a handle on that idea. Yes, yes. So I've had to do a lot of re-recording to say, no, I'm not stupid. Just because I got a D in GCSE English, I mm. can write this book. I can give a TED talk. I can, I can, I can. Mm. And I, I say to myself that I do it and I gather the evidence which records over. Because it's not enough to say it. You've got to have evidence to back the mantra. Mm. And that records, but our children now and our teachers, they've recorded the worst and they're replaying it all. Yeah. Oh my goodness. That's so powerful. Do you know, it's such a helpful image to hang on to the concept of what's going on in our brains when that little voice is heard. Mm -hmm. So that little voice is just, and here's what's sad. Every time you, so you record mm. and replay. And mm. every time you record and replay, you record again. So there's layers to this thing and it's getting thicker and thicker and louder to the point whereby what you now record in your brain ends up in your body, scarily enough. So you now become what you've been hearing. Wow. That's why you see, if you see someone who is depressed, mm. physically you can see them that yeah. their body is being, it's folding over. Yeah, absolutely right. You know, I sometimes I'll take my kids to school and there'll be, you know, the, the train of kids walking up the hill to school and a couple of them, you just think, what's up with you, little man? You know, yeah. what's going on there? Because the yeah. way you walk, mm -hmm. and sometimes I'll say to my son, I say, who's that little lad? He looks like he needs some help, that, that one. Mm -hmm. It's amazing, isn't it? You can really see yeah. it in, in the physicality of a child sometimes. You can read it. You can read it. Yeah. Physiology tells you psychology yeah, yeah and psychology affects physiology so you know yeah and then for me writing a, and when you make someone smart they have to look up and that's mm. why i'm so big on making people smart because you're forced to look up they say hey yeah. what's happening yeah Oh my goodness. Thank goodness for you in the world. <laughs> listen, listen, I was um, stalking you slightly as I've just admitted on uh, online and found that you were at Middlesex University when you really developed that passion for speaking. Mm. And I wondered how that came about. You know, were you, were you asked to do a presentation? At what point did you think, oh, do you know what? I'm good at this. Yeah. Um, it was tired from church, you know, uh -huh. um, because we would go to church conferences and, you know, speakers would come and they would talk about other speakers. And then, and then I, I heard about a speaker by the name of Les Brown and I heard him speak and his personality was so huge. Yeah. And I thought, ooh, I'd love to do this for people. Yeah. So I, I ran back to university. I hired a room and I, put out, I printed out posters, put it everywhere and say, I'm doing a talk. My very first talk was on procrastination. Really? Yeah. What made you choose that? Because we were at uni, uni at the time and many people weren't doing their best. I said, okay, you know what? You need to learn to stop procrastinating. And that was the beginning of really. And, and weeks after, people were like, oh, that talk was amazing. Thank you so much. And I thought, right, I want to do more of this. Yeah. My heart said, no, we like this. This, be, yeah. this being in front of people and interacting is, is for me is really important. Yeah, it's, that's such a lovely golden moment, isn't it? Where you, 
you know, for me, it was probably in my NQT year where I, you know, teaching some lessons and I really felt that I had the kids on board and they were really zinging and engaged and learning. And there's something you can't quite put a name on in that vibrancy of that moment, isn't there? Yeah, it's called being in the flow. You know, okay. when you're being in the, in the flow, let's write that down flow. like that being in the flow there's many studies done about flow there's a book called flow out there floating around and the flow is just when you get that runner's high when you're just in the zone another mm. word is when you're in the zone mm. time disappears yeah Boom. doesn't it and ideas just pop in and pop out when a comedian is doing his set or her set and there's a heckler in the room and sh she shuts down the heckler and carries on you're like wow how do you do that they're in flow yeah and you can only be in flow when you connect with your soul and who you are and what you mm. love to do mm. and don't get into your head too much because mm. that can block flow. Yeah, because that's where those layers of recorded messages are. Thank you. If yeah. you want to blow up that cassette tape, yeah, go to your heart and just keep doing what you really love and it creates a whole new, forget the tape, it creates a whole new record, a whole new album for you. Nice. I love that. Jackson, you said you said your mission is to motivate, equip and empower us in UK education. And I just wondered what that looks like, how you go about, you know, resourcing that and, and equipping us with those skills. What what does it look like to motivate, equip and empower us in education? So it's first of all, um, equipping and motivate myself because I can't give what I don't have. Mm. and educators, from an empty cup come on too many too many educators are doing this you're pouring from your empty cup there's nothing yeah. there so yeah. you fill yourself up pour from your overflow mm. okay um so that's the first thing and second thing is to equip people to be able to get out so i work with a team and i train everybody to say number one you need to have a passion for young people mm. number two you need to have a passion for life we combine the two then we go into education and i train people to go in and do workshops on happiness resilience goal setting getting exam ready um, so by doing these workshops on happiness you open the mind to the students. I've had sessions where we've done sessions with kids in the room and the teacher said, oh, I needed that. Just last yeah. week, I finished a session with a group of year 10 kids talking about tapping into what you're proud of. And the teacher came to the front and she was in tears. Oh. She's like, you know what? With the time we've had, I needed to hear that. I That's incredible. That. Yeah. So assemblies, workshops, we do videos. Just really anything to get in front of you is, is my key thing, yeah. whichever method. If it's teleporting, I would do it. <laughs> <laughs> well, Zoom is a kind of teleportion, I suppose. I know, right? <laughs> <laughs> um, Jackson, it's reminding me of something you said to me, actually, when we first met and you ended our little, you know, chat by, by telling us about how we should turn around and look at our trophy cabinet. Can you just share that with us? Because that was just lovely. Yeah, I mean, I think many of us have, have gone through life and what we thought was losses are, were actually wins. Mm. Sometimes when you lose, you actually win because that win turned into a lesson. I always say the opposite of winning is not losing. The opposite of winning is learning. Yeah, that's learning. nice. 
yeah and and if you can tap i can see that, that on a classroom wall jackson come on now look at yes that. <laughs> come on colleagues get that one out i like that come on. the opposite <laughs> of winning is learning so, so, long as you, so long as you learn you've you've won absolutely and, and what i get people to do is to make a list of your trophies the trophies that are in your trophy cabinet you know i did a degree you know i learned how to ride a bike i learned how to drive i learned how to cook i'm a mom i'm a dad i'm a this i'm a that and by the time you've made a whole list and look at what it took for you to get that be that person to achieve mm. that list you realize that wow i have done a lot yeah so there's making that list and accepting that list it's funny when i do one-to-one -one coaching with educators and I had a woman she made the list and she looked at it, she's like mm, that's not me <laughs> that is you yeah you've got the medal can we now celebrate that it just feels odd really yeah you must yeah. celebrate yourself you must. I, I think so and I, I worked in America for a while mm. and I really felt the Americans were good at that yes they were very very good at celebrating what they achieved and what they mm. did and they were not frightened yes. to go hey look what I've done look what I've managed to achieve exactly. I think we are a bit here yeah, listen, we are so scared. We don't do mm. it enough. Um, I think, listen, when you celebrate, you elevate. That's another nice phrase for a classroom rule. Exactly. <laughs> you know, so there is something about celebration. You realize that your body is on the up, upward and outward position. Mm. Your hand is thrust in the air and it's like, yes. But when you mentally celebrate yourself, there's elevation in the mind and there's elevation in energy. And there's an elevation in the environment, but we don't do that because it's not in our culture to do that. You know, you mm. hold your achievements back. You don't show off too much. You don't, it's like, mm -mm, keep it under wraps. Yeah. yeah. Uh, whereas for me, I said, nope, celebrate, say it loud, say it proud from the rooftop, yeah. mate. Because from that stance, you can look forward at what you still want to achieve and, and feel the confidence of stepping forward. Exactly. And because you're, st you're standing on your achievements to reach for the next achievement. But mm. if you have nothing to stand for, you can't reach forward. Mm. So celebration, I, I could fit after this podcast, I'm going to turn around to myself as a Jackson, well done for doing an amazing podcast. You were so great. You were amazing. It was a laugh. We had fun. Oh, look at you. You were <laughs> Go Jackson, go Jackson. I love it. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> That's how I'm going to end the podcast, Jackson. <laughs> That's what I'm going to say. <laughs> so, um, I was having a look at some of the steps you were talking about in in helping teachers to motivate their children to wake up happy, mm -hmm. to wake up happy and achieve. I love that phrase. Yeah. And I wondered if you could explore that a little bit for us. How, how do we wake up happy? Yeah. So waking up happy starts first and foremost with I always like to do a gratitude exercise, you know, for me to wake up that morning. I woke up in a house that was built by construction workers. You know, I went downstairs to make a cup of tea that was put together by someone who made the cup and the person at Tesco's that served me. So by the time I get into my car and I look at everything that has served me, someone had to give their time and energy for me to get into my car that day. Mm. I am so grateful. Then I get on the road. So mm. if you look at your life right now, someone had to contribute to your well-being. So always starting with gratitude that's how you wake up happy mm. because before you go to bed you list three things you're grateful for that day so you're going to bed with a smile and then when you wake up you wake up with energy then you say to yourself okay what are the three goals i want to achieve today and then you start with that so it's goals and gratitude is how you begin to wake up happy 
to achieve achieve i go to bed with gratitude i wake up feeling good then i set my goals for the day and my goal is not to just win my goal is to learn that day because i might not hit my target that day but so mm. long as i learn on the way to the goal i'm winning mm. goals and gratitude love that goals and gratitude so happiness is more a, a direction than a place you'd, you'd, you'd say oh yeah you know it's not about the destination it's about the journey mm. You know, it's this little things we do every day, saying thank you, saying please, saying forgive me, smiling. It's a direction. It's a way of life. They say there's no way to happiness because happiness is the way. Yeah. And also, you've probably heard this one, when it rains, look for rainbows. When it's dark, look for stars. And we just, yep. isn't it, a little, I talk to my kids about this, you know, just finding the good in every everything and everyone. And if we look for the bad, it's always there, isn't it? We're not very far away from it. But it's maybe comes down to a choice. Yeah. I mean, and here's the thing about the more you look for the negative, the brain begins to condition itself to find negatives without your permission. Yeah. That's why I don't tune into the news. I don't watch the news uh, because I know that that media industry is built upon getting attention and to get attention, you must feed me the negative. And yeah. the more I keep coming back, the more I want to come back because you're fear mongering. What's, you know. what's that about? Why do we like bad news better than good news? Because it's a thing, isn't it? People have really tried to launch good news channels because there's lots of it out there. But we just, as a, as a people, we don't engage with that. Well, do you know what? It's just how we're wired. Our brain is designed to fight, flight, or fight. So when yeah. something traumatic happens, it's ready. <laughs> <laughs> You can't okay. see him, listeners, but that's quite a scary face. <laughs> <laughs> so when bad news comes, it triggers that part of our brain. Mm. Energy is flooded through our body. When you watch a romantic movie, there has to be something that has to go wrong for it to go right. That's it, the peril. Yeah, exactly. So even movies are built like that. So it's just how we are biologically wired. Mm. So we have to be careful that, okay, I know that that would trigger me that direction. So I mm. won't entertain that. Let me entertain something more adventurous that would lead to happiness rather than adventurous that would lead to me feeling, you know, despair. Yeah, yeah. Um, Zadie Smith, the, the incredible Zadie Smith said, I am the sole author of the dictionary that defines me. And I just love that quote as a, as a, you know, empowering statement about how we can live our lives. Yes. I, sorry, I just had to take a moment because here's, here's what we tend to do. We tend to dwell a lot in theory, mm. but we don't deal a lot in practice. Mm. That You just put out that quote. And I think everyone should just stop for a second and just to say, ah, I define who I am based on what's in my dictionary. What have, what have I been putting in my dictionary? Mm. For me, I call myself the UK ambassador for happiness. The ambassador for happiness is in my dictionary. And I just had to take that in that moment. So if you're listening right now, what's in your dictionary? And what could you put in your dictionary? And what yeah. would you need to delete from your dictionary? Yeah, absolutely. Could do a whole workshop on that. We could. No, we are the author of our own dictionary. Love it.
Jackson, I can't tell you what joy it's been to talk to you and how excited it's I've been in the last week knowing that we're going to have this moment together. Thank oh. you. Thank you so much for joining us. And um, we're all going to be following Action Jackson on Twitter now. See what, yeah, see what yeah. you're up to. Indeed, indeed. Looking forward to it. Thank you so much to everybody that's listening. We hope you enjoyed listening to this Word Up podcast from Oxford Education. To receive bonus material relevant to the discussion, please visit www.oup.com slash education slash podcasts.